Welcome to Seven Mile Ministry. We hope you enjoy this message. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your anointing. And it's the anointing that completely destroys the yoke of bondage. We just thank you for that anointing, that anointing that you've given us to lay hands on the sick so they can recover. Anointed to speak your word. And your word says that when it goes forth, it doesn't return void. Father, we came in tonight with listening ears and our hearts are ready to receive. And many people have questions and we came in tonight to hear your word because we know your word has the answer. And some people here, if you're here with you're sick in your body, let me tell you, the healer's here because the word says we're two or three gathered together. There he is in our midst and there's more than two or three here. So we know he's here with us. So we just thank you, Jesus, for being here with us. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you in this place. We have no agenda. We want to hear from you. We don't want to hear the words of a man. We want to hear your words spoken through a man. So, Father, we just thank you for your blood, your mercy, your grace. We're going to leave out better than we came in in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, you can be seated. Glad to see everybody out tonight. Uh, I think this is the first night on a Wednesday night we've had that it wasn't under uh, severe weather. So uh, maybe everybody can come out. Um, If you got your Bibles... I, JT, I'm going to change it a little bit. We're going to stick with what I gave you, but I want to cut off some of it and kind of get right to the meat of it. Go to, uh, can you give me Psalms 100, the whole thing? You can do King James if it's faster. I want to read the whole, the whole chapter. So if you know anything, I'm about to read for a long time. Not really. It's real short. I can do it old school if you can't do it. You got it? How about now? How about now? There we go. Thanks. I just want to go this way real quick. It says, uh, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Now, I'm not going to preach on this tonight, but we're going to, I want you to read this. How many of you are, will say that you're a believer and you're a Christian? Okay, good. Now, how many of you will say that as Christians you have served the Lord with gladness in the last three months. Don't put your hands up. Come before His presence with singing. Think about that. Know you that the Lord, He is God. It is He that has made us and not we ourselves. America needs to hear this message. That's what's wrong with America. A lot of people think that they made themselves and therefore they can do what they want to do with what, and they didn't make themselves. Um, we are His people. I'm thankful for that. And we are the sheep of His passion. Now this is the verse I want to look at tonight. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him. Be thankful unto Him. 
Be thankful unto Him. Be thankful unto Him. And bless His name. Father, we love You. We praise You. We ask You for Your anointing that that Pastor Red spoke about. I pray for this next little while You'll captivate us. God, that all fatigue would leave. Lord Jesus, that You would get the glory, that You would change us. We met here for a purpose, Lord. We want to learn from You. We want our life to be different, like Pastor Red said, as we leave here different than we came. We love You. I thank You for the worship. I thank You for the privilege just to lift up Your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep that up for a second. I want to talk to you tonight about Thanksgiving. I, I see a lot of, of a lot of, you hear a lot of things, you see a lot of things, and there's a lot of anxiety in the world. People now will tell you, when I was growing up, people with anxiety, even if they had it, they didn't really broadcast it. Now people almost wear it like a badge, like I have anxiety. And they put it, you know, they put it on a badge. And listen, I'm not talking against you if you're that person that tells people you have anxiety. Just, just stay with me. I'm not trying to offend in any way. I want you to hear me. But that was not purchased through when Jesus Christ went to the cross. He did not die and be brutally murdered so that his people and his children could have anxiety. I want you to understand that. You know, Red talks about appropriating by faith the things that were promised to us. Well, in the atonement, when Jesus Christ said it is finished and he rose from the dead, peace of mind. God did not give you a spirit of what? Fear, but of power, love, and what? So what's some of the problem? I want to show you, there's in the, even in Scripture, how to beat anxiety. But on the other side, I want to see, maybe you don't have a problem with anxiety. I want to show you how to live a happy life. Do you realize in the Sermon on the Mount, like I grew up, a little bit of what you would call old school Pentecostal. And we read Matthew 5 and it was always read like, blessed are the this and blessed are the this. And as a kid, I always wondered why it was blessed and not blessed and why it was blessed. I don't know, maybe you've wondered that. It's the same word. And you're like, wait a minute, why is it blessed? But if you really break that down, I was almost taught that Christians were never happy because doing what God said was always miserable. Now, maybe you weren't raised that way. But I was almost raised like, well, you got to serve God. And if you're going to serve God, it's gonna, you're going to be miserable. You're going to be depressed. It's going to be like, oh, he's got to twist your arm to serve God. Because, you know, everybody's having fun, but the Christians, that's a lie, by the way. The way of the transgressor is hard. When I'm serving God, I've never one time passed a police officer and thought, oh, man, am I in trouble. Now, under the old me before Jesus, there were times where the police scared me. And we'll leave it at that. There was fear. There was worry. I've had no worry. I high-five police officers now. No fear serving Jesus. But that word, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the this. That means happy. It means fortunate. God wants us to live happy, full lives. Are there sacrifices? Sure they are, but they're not sacrifices when you're in love. Everybody that's married in here knows their sacrifices to a happy marriage. I hope. Nobody said amen. We're going to have a marriage conference next week. It's going to be called Happy Wife, Happy Life. And so, but it's, he wants you happy. And what happens is, is the culture that we've been living in, and now we've had pressed upon us through cell phones, I'm telling you. It's a lot of it through our phones, have been pressed into our life. The comparison game has hit us in the church. We compare ourselves with each other. We always are getting ads. It blows my mind, these algorithms that they've set up 
that I can, I can be talking about something. I'm, I'm looking at getting a pair of boots because I realized to come to church around here, you have to have boots apparently or you're really not a man. So I told Bethany, I was like, I can step up my boot game. And so I've been looking at boots. I mean, I'm talking about, we were just talking about boots. And the next thing I know on my Facebook and my Instagram and on my Google, there's all these boots flying around. And I'm like, man, they are really listening. Like, I'm a conspiracy theorist all of a sudden. Or think about anything you like. You just look at a shirt or talk about a shirt. Next thing you know, that shirt or that gun or that. And so everything we're seeing is making us want, 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 want. Covet, 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 covet. We don't call it sin, but covetness is sin. And what happens is, is that we don't enter His gates with thanksgiving. We enter to God with a list like He is Santa Claus of our needs and our wants and the things that we don't even want, but we just, just got to have. And we don't even stop. Listen, I'm going to challenge you tonight to be real with you because I'm going to be real with me. Think about your prayer life the last two weeks. When did you stop and just enjoy Him and thank Him? Thank you for the breath I have. Thank you for my vehicle. You'd be surprised how many people have a great working vehicle. I've got some of my closest friends. He's even a cousin of mine. The Polks are in Honduras right now. And you're seeing what they've got people driving around. They don't have cars. He was talking about this great Bible college they're building that he sent me some pictures of. It's a cinder block house on a mud slab. This is their beautiful Bible college. They're so proud of it. But we've got the 2018... And we're already thinking about the 2020. I gotta have it, man. I gotta have it. I gotta have it. I gotta have it. And we go to God, and there's, He's showing you here's the formula to be in my presence. You have to start with thanksgiving. You have to start with God. I thank you. I thank you for what I have. The divorce rate is now higher in the church. I used to say 10 years ago it was equal in the church. Now Barna comes out. The divorce rate in the church is higher than in the world. You know why? Because the devil doesn't have the people in the world. He already has them. He's looking for us. He's attacking us. It's never greener on the other side. I wasn't going to preach this, but I'm telling you, God began to speak to me. Somebody in this room needs to hear, maybe all of us, that you need to be thankful for your wife. You need to be thankful. If you're single, thank God for being single. All the single people better say amen. If you're married, thank God for your spouse. Thank God for your house. There's always going to be a bigger, better house out there. And you, if you think when you get that level, man, I hang out with millionaires. And they are some of the most unhappy people I've ever met in my life. Because number one, they're scared to death of losing their money. That fear brings torment, the Bible says. But also, they always are wanting more. I got the 2020 Range Rover. Well, guess what? In 2022, that Range Rover is not going to be any good to them. You couldn't give me a Range Rover, by the way. They're garbage. But if anybody has one, I'm sorry. Um, that's my bad. Back out of that. And look, and into his courts with praise. And then he says again, be thankful unto him and bless his name. You're like, man, I know this. I learned this as a kid in Sunday school. 
Yeah, I understand you know it, but are you really happy? Do you really give God thanks at the core of every one of your praises? Do you really stop to think about you could be in hell forever, never getting out, if He didn't willingly before He formed the foundation of the world, He let His Son be brutally murdered and the Lamb of God was slain for us? Oh, I'm thankful for what I have, God. Stop comparing yourself. Stop it. You say, How does, what does this have to do with anxiety? I'm glad you asked. Go to Philippians 4. You guys awake tonight? Amen. Good. Three of you. 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. That's a command. If you have anxiety, there's nothing wrong with that. But through the Scriptures, there's deliverance from anxiety. You do not have to be anxious. You do not have to live a life anxious. Amen? Amen. Listen, I didn't even think about going this way until I was in, the, in worship. And I felt like there's some people tonight, you've kind of given it a pass like it's okay to be anxious. It's not okay to be anxious. If you're anxious, God loves you right where you are, but He definitely wants to bring you out. He wants you to have a sound mind. But look, how are you not anxious? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with gratitude. That's what MEV I'm reading. The King James says, with thanksgiving. Just be thankful. Thankful for what you have. Stop and think. Think about your last couple of weeks. How many things you thought you wanted. Kills you, doesn't it? You know, the Bible says that it's like looking, you read this, it's like looking in a mirror and you see who you are and you're like, oh man, that's me? And he says some people walk away and they don't want to see that. But some of us look purely, this is a different scripture in Corinthians, they look purely into the Word of God and they let Jesus Christ completely transform them to the, His image. Tonight, stop looking away from it and say, I am unthankful. I didn't give Him this. But a lot of us say in the last days, there'll be this and there'll be lovers and there'll be heady and there'll be high-minded and there'll be murderers. And right in the middle of it, it's like they'll be disobedient to parents. And then it'll say, unthankful. It's like murderer, fornicator. You're like, okay, those are some bad dudes. Unthankful. And you're like, no, Lord, you need to move that out of that list. And you need to move that into the list of you overlooked that sin. Oh, you didn't realize it was a sin. Why would you ask forgiveness for something that you didn't think was a sin? Is murder a sin? Is fornication a sin? That tells me that... that And go look at 1 Timothy 4. I'm not making this up. Unthankfulness is a sin. We need to repent. There needs to be a heart that we say, God... I'm so sorry. The Bible actually says godliness with contentment is a great price. And he actually says in Hebrews that if you have him and he says, I will never leave you and never forsake you. What more do you need? Has the church world, have we, I'll say I, come to a place where I need more than Christ? Maybe there's where our anxiety comes from. Just a thought. I want you to think about it. He wants you to be happy, but you have Him. I I see churches, listen, 
I, I just came out of the Assemblies of God. I literally turned my license in a month ago. I'm not going to be a part of a denomination that I've been a part of for 20 years. And I watched in Texas that denomination come out and say that you can be gay and you can be a Christian. Now, I watched the Assemblies of God within one day yank that church out of there. And I was proud about that. But what happens to us is it's maybe it's not gay. But what do we do in this church? Because I'm not preaching to Texas. What do we add to Jesus? See, what they did was they, they want everybody to come to Him and feel accepted by Him, so they got to add things to Him. He doesn't need anything added to Him. He's enough. Amen? But look at this. With thanksgiving or gratitude, make your request known to God, and then look at verse 7. I love it. And then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will protect, or it says rule and reign in the King James in your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So if I'm given all of my... And you can go to the next one. That's good. So look. He finishes it by saying, and by the way, whatsoever things are true, pure, honest, good, lovely. You know the Scripture. And if you don't, you can read it. Think on these things. So he's challenging an unthankful heart comes from what we're thinking on. Jesus said, as a man thinks, so is he. See, if you're thinking on lovely things and good things, you're thinking about what you have. You're thinking about what God's done for you. I felt the enemy come, come near me today. I felt a spiritual attack today. And I begin to remember what Pastor Red said, and the Holy Spirit just welled up in me. And I was like, no, no, no. The same God that delivered me from the bear and the lion, He's going to deliver me from whatever this attack is. And I begin to think on all the good things that God's done for me. I remember thinking about times when I was a sinner and I should have died in car wrecks and things and God preserved me. I begin to thank Him for it. And I want to tell you two stories and I'm going to close this, okay? And, and I've got a couple more scriptures, but I'm, I'm going to, I want you to stay with me. I think you're, I feel, you can feel the audience sometimes. You can feel when they're tired. I think we're tired, all of us. Raleigh did not sleep last night. I'm tired too, but stay with me. So I want to tell you this. When I was 13 years old, God filled me with the Holy Spirit at youth camp. I was 12 actually, and I felt the call to preach. Well, I loved his presence at youth camp. I would go to youth camp. We would completely get away from everything, and I could stand there and worship, and I could connect with God. And I knew at a young age, man, this is who I was created for, and this is who I want. Well, I would go back home, and it would dwindle. But I learned something as a 12-year-old, and some of them have been with me for a while could probably tell this story better than me, because I want people to get it. I learned something. If I wanted God's presence, brother buddy, I would lay on my bed, and I would begin to just give Him thanks. As a 12-year-old, I would say, God, I thank You for my mom. I thank You for my dad. I thank You for my sister. God, I thank You that we have a house. I thank You that You protect us. God, I thank You that we have food to eat. And I would begin to thank Him. And every time, without a beat, His presence would come into my room. I learned at a young age, some of us need to be reminded. I know I need to be reminded that sometimes you, He will meet your needs and that whole list you have, if you'll just get close to Him, it'll be met. He knows, Jesus said, before you ask, He already knows what you have need of. And stop getting so worked up, Martha, and become Mary, 
and sit at his feet and do that thing that's important. And if you don't know that story, she was trying to do all the stuff and make sure everything was done. And a lot of people have that anxiety because they're working and they're working and they're doing. And Jesus was like, hey, stop. Sit down. Just know who I am. Let me talk to you. You know why a lot of people don't feel his presence? They don't want to go through the formula. Psalms 104. You have to start outside and work your way in through thanksgiving. We give you thanks. I'm not going to just come in asking, asking, asking. I thought about in the last six months everything that God's done for me. Six months ago, I never thought I would be behind a pulpit. Not because of any immoral thing. Because of a spiritual attack on our family. And I was thanking him that I'm in the pulpit. I've had so many preachers call me and check on me and say, man, to go through what you went through, I don't know if I could still be preaching. Betrayals and backstabbing. And I'm like, man, I'm still here because of God. I thank God, even tonight for Red. He stood with me. Many others stood with me. Be thankful. Just give thanks to Him. When you're driving down the road, just stop thanking Him. Thanking Him. Stop yourself. I get so guilty. I, I love clothes more than any girl you know. I know brands. People laugh at me. My friends know. I have to sometimes just stop myself. God, my God friends are all like, bro, you've got like 23 pairs of shoes. Most girls have that. Guys don't have that. And I'm like, dude, I would have 150 pairs if I could. But I have to stop in the middle. Red's like, that guy's not a good guy. But we're so opposite. I am who I am. But I have to stop looking at stuff. I have to stop. I look at these houses. And I see these houses up on the lake on Smith. I think about me sitting out there catching fish till nightfall. I start dreaming about what I could have. Listen, stop and thank Him for where you are. And I'll tell you this last story. So driving into work today, I'm reading a book by a guy named Jensen Franklin. Has anybody ever heard of him? I hope you have. He's a, he's a small preacher. Probably hadn't ever heard of him much. He's just worldwide. But So Jensen got his start in Alabama preaching for the Church of God as a young man. And he was telling some stories. Well, I got his book the other day, and I started reading it, and I never... So I was driving in today, and I was like, Lord, I'm still not settled on what I should preach. What, what does everybody want to hear? And I was like, we got a short, Josh said it last Wednesday, you got a real short time. People are, you, you got a real short span to shove it in, the word, and get them pumped up. I love midweek, by the way. This is one of my favorite services, because you get to kind of recharge until Sunday. And the Lord reminded me of the first chapter of this book that Jensen Franklin had. And if you've heard the sermon acres of diamonds, then you're just going to have to bear with me, okay? Some of you are smiling, so you've already heard this story. But this story goes right along in the first chapter with what I'm trying to say. So there was a guy named Alib, and I can't pronounce his last name, and he was in Saudi Arabia, okay? It was like Alib Shafar something, 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 all right? He has a farm in 1850s, and he has this big farm, and he has a nice little house, has an ox and a plow, this is what they did back then. He has a garden and it sustains his family. 
everything a guy could want back then. And this Jesuit priest comes up to visit him because they went around and really they proselyted people. But this Jesuit priest comes up and starts talking to him about in the other parts of the world, between two mountains, there's a river that runs and you can reach down and pull up diamonds the size of baseballs. And you can pull them up and how he's going to, you can have servants and his kids would be set forever. And so he went to bed that night thinking about diamonds. He sold his house, his farm, put his, his kids and his wife up with her mother, and he went out and set out for diamonds. So after about five years, he jumps in the Nile River, writes a suicide note and says, there are no diamonds. And he jumps in the Nile River and he's murdered by alligators or crocodiles. So, that, so the guy that bought his land is tilling the land with his family, enjoying the crops. But every now and then, he would go about a foot and he would find these big, black, dark rocks and he would just throw them to the side, throw them to the side, throw them to the side. One day, his kids and him were playing out in the stream on the back of his property and they find this one big black rock that's shiny in the sun. And he was like, well, this is pretty cool for a black rock. And he throws it on his mantle and that same Jesuit priest comes by to visit and they're visiting and he looks and says, hey, what's, what, tell me this story about that rock. And the, he tells him, well, I just found it at the stream. He pulls that rock to him and he says, man, this is a diamond. In the rock, you've got to cut the, the, black, the quartz off of it or whatever that is. And he, so he takes it into the city. It's worth in like 1910, it's worth $25,000, which is worth over $3 million now for that one diamond. And all those black rocks he was stacking on his property were diamonds. It's the largest diamond mine still in the world right now. And all of the Queen of England and every one of the, all of her indentured servants and everything get all their diamonds they wear from this mine. And so I'm studying about being thankful. And Jensen Franklin says in the book, this guy took the same ox, the same plow, the same property and turned it into everything he'd ever dreamed of where this one guy was always thinking about what could be out there. And I thought, what a fitting end to the Scriptures that we read tonight. Plow where you are. Be thankful for where you are. If you're not thankful for this church, you've missed a chance. I've heard people lately in the last six months traveling all around, I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for the leadership of this church. I'm thankful for the elder board of this church. I'm thankful for the Sunday school teachers. I'm thankful for everybody. I'm thankful for Austin Adams, who's right now with the youth right now. I'm thankful for all the nursery workers. I'm thankful for every Sunday while we're in here, people's kids can go over there and they can be told. I was telling her, I was like, I had, she had Valentine's Day going down the thing with scriptures. And I was like, I was looking at the board and I was like, Man, I'm so thankful that our kids are being taught the Scriptures in a cool, creative way. They're not just being babysat. There's diamonds right where we are. There's diamonds. If your marriage is going cold, start plowing right where you are. Start working hard right where you are. I've got a friend that she's my age and we grew up together and probably some of you know her, so I'm not going to say her name. I know some of you know her. 
She got married when she was 18. He acted like the whole time they were dating that he was all about church. When he, they said, I do, that first day after the honeymoon, Sunday hit, the alarm went off. She got up to go to church. He hit the alarm and rolled over. And he was like, oh, I don't do that church thing. He just did it for her to marry her. And they fought and they started fighting. And she started praying and started fasting about their marriage. And God said, put the fun back in it. Stop nagging him for everything he's doing. Stop going after him. Start having fun. So she started doing all these different things. Like one time she went and dumped a bucket of water, cold water on him while he was in the shower. And I was like, man, I don't know if that's considered fun in your house. If Bethany does that, we're going to have different kind of fun. No, I'm just playing. But take that out of the recording. But, uh, so, but no, like she began to, to enjoy what she had instead of always focusing on, well, he's not saved. He's not the spiritual priest. He's not going to do this. She began to exactly farm right where she was. Amen. And to me, it's about giving thanks. He had the farm without the diamonds. That was my takeaway. Jensen never pointed that out. He had a farm that was feeding him, his family. They were together and they were happy. And he was not content with what he had. I see people get in jobs and all they want is that next promotion. And they never stop to even enjoy where they are. And most of them that get the promotion wish they never had it. In church, they say new levels, new devils. I'm telling you, in business, new levels, new devils, <laughs> they're, they're the fleshly kind. you got a lot more problems as you climb. And everybody always wants it, and they want it, and they want it. They want more money, and they want They never even stop to thank God. Listen, six months ago, I was walking through my house, and I'm just being transparent tonight. I probably won't be this transparent moving forward. And I was like, Lord... We just lost a huge portion of our income. And I said out loud what he talked about the last two weeks. We get what we say. I said out loud, I'm going to lose my house. And the Lord said to me, who got you those jobs? As clear as I'm talking to you. And I began to cry and I began to say, you did. You got me those jobs. And he said to me, and I told Red, you're not losing your house. I'm your God. I've taken care of you. And it's the same way with all of us. Just begin to give Him thanks. You know why you have the ability to get the money you have right now? Because of Him. We all know that, but sometimes like me, God has to remind us, hey, by the way, you didn't do anything to get where you are. Sometimes I get to thinking, man, I can sell. I'm just a salesman and I can climb and I can do it. It's God's favor. It's God's ability. Just let's leave. Let's leave here. He was talking about our tongue. We can have what we say. Let's just start giving him thanks. How many, how many people? I, I lost a dear friend last week. His name was Brother Northcutt. And he was, he was 70s. He served God faithfully. He was a pastor of a big church. I hooked up with him later in life. He's one of the greatest men I know. And let me tell you, the last two years of his life, he got sick. And he never said, I'm telling you, it was crazy. 
He never one time was like, I just want to be well. You know what he would say to me at the hospital? I just want to be back in the house of God. I just want to be back in God's house. How many of us are so thankful tonight that we're in God's house? We could not be in God's house. One thing about Facebook, I start scrolling I feel like depression come on me because I see all these little kids and these parents that have little kids that are in children's and all these places. I'm like, Lord, I'm not thankful enough. I'm not thankful enough. I I just, this wasn't even really a sermon I don't think you would call it. I don't know what you call this. This is just me talking to you tonight. I'll come back with a sermon next time. I just want to remind you. And some of you don't know me that well. And I've started serving here and I'm getting to know you and I'm loving you. But, but I found about seven or eight years ago, I found my calling. And my calling is to be Peter. I'm not Paul. Paul broke all these deep things of the Bible. And I think I love listening to guys like Perry Stone. They go so deep. And I'm just like, bro, that guy just gave me five steaks in one sentence. I'm going to need two months to chew on that. But Peter wrote several times and said, he was that ignorant fisherman that had been with Jesus. He just wrote and said, hey, I want to stir up your mind in the form of remembrance. I want you to remember what you already know. Everybody in here knows to be thankful. I want to be used with what God called me to, to remind the saints to be thankful. This week, everything Red was talking about, stop nagging about what you don't have. Stop saying what you wish you had. And start thanking Him. And if you feel condemned over that, that's the devil. The Holy Spirit's here to remind us, okay, stop what you're doing. Hey, this week, Bethany's getting her, her uh, wisdom teeth out Friday, and I caught myself on Monday. A buddy of mine was like, hey, what you doing this weekend? I was like, it's going to be terrible. I was like, I'm going to have, be babysitting Riley and Bethany all doped up. And I stopped and I was like, oh my gosh, I literally just said that. And I went back and I was like, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a great weekend. Everything's going to be perfect because we've given it to God. I'm serious. So I'm not trying to preach down at anybody. I'm trying to walk this out with you. But I, I'm going to be thankful. I told the Lord, I said, I need your help. Because it's not in us as humans. We want. We crave. Paul said he wouldn't even have violated the wall if the Bible says thou shalt not covet. Everything comes from that. It's a coveting. It might, you say, I don't know if everything does. Think about it. Even power. Even people that lie. Most of the time they're lying because they're coveting something. Your opinion. Your, there's, there's mo- it's really cool if you really think about it. But how we beat anxiety and how we beat these things is we begin to think about and thank God for what we have. Amen? Amen. Everybody stand with me. I'll let us out 10 minutes early. The nursery workers are going to love us. I just, I just want us to take just a second and just examine ourselves. If everybody would just bow your head for just a second. None of us have the power to change a person's heart. But I just want, but the Lord's here. I just want you to take a second. Don't don't think about all the things you should be thankful for and how you've messed up. Just in your heart.
take one minute and begin to thank Him for the things He's done for you. Just thank Him for this church and thank Him for health and thank Him for your kids if you have them and thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your move. Thank you for the teaching that's here. God, thank you for our vehicles and thank you for our jobs. Thank you for Jesus. He's a friend that seeks closer than a brother. Thank you for every trial you brought us through, God. Thank you that you heal all of our diseases. Thank you, God, that you touch our minds and give us peace. Oh, we thank you, God, that every time we call, you answer faithfully. That, God, when we fail you, oh, God, we thank you for your forgiveness and your love and your mercy. Come close to us, God. We want to know you more. We just want to know you more. Help us in our everyday life to give thanks, God. Hallelujah. JT, are you still up there? I want you guys to see as we're sitting here one more scripture. The Lord just reminded me. I missed the main one. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Do you know how many times as a minister people have come to me and said, I'm just seeking the will of God. I'm just, I really need to know what God's will is for my life. He tells you right here. To be a thankful believer. In everything. Bad things, give Him thanks. Joseph gave Him thanks in Genesis, I think, 20, that all of that bad happened to him. He said, I give God thanks for it all because what they meant for evil, my God meant for good. I'm giving Him thanks now that my whole family's going to live because God sent me to a prison and a pit. I'm thankful for even the pit and the prison. Give thanks in everything. I don't know what God's will is. It's to give thanks. I'm not real sure what God wants me to do. Stop and thank Him that the last time you weren't sure what to do, He led you in the steps of the righteous or ordained of God and their order of God, and He spoke to you last time. He's going to speak to you this time. Give Him thanks. Hallelujah, I feel His presence. That's the will of God for us. To give thanks. Amen? Let's pray and we'll end. Thank you, God, for tonight. I thank you for everything that you're going to do. I thank you that we're all going to leave different than we came. We give you praise, God. And we do give you thanks. Help us, God, to see you in every situation and to be thankful in every situation. God, we love you. I pray for any needs that are here. God, that you meet every need. In the name of Jesus, we ask. The mighty name of Jesus. Let your will be done in our lives as we give thanks and praise to you. Take us, God, home safe, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you for listening to this message from Seven Mile Ministry. 